Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day and taking a listen. <clears throat> First off, I'd like to start off with uh, apologizing that I didn't do a preview pod for last week's, or preview pod last week for this <clears throat> past weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed the football. Um, was a little under the weather and didn't really have a voice on the days I was hoping to record on Thursday or Friday, so... <clears throat> Kind of gotten my voice back now. Thank goodness. So we're ready to roll. Um, Let's get the formalities out of the way. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps with getting the show out there and getting this podcast noticed. Um, Thanks for all the support from everybody. You guys are really encouraging me to keep doing this. I can't tell you how grateful I am. And um, all right, who's ready to talk Ike? Exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, so this podcast, I'm going to touch on the game yesterday, the big win for Ike against Bastiana now, and then also dive into a little bit of the talking about the Euro basketball tournament that's been going on in Italy, because I did say from the beginning that I was going to do um, cover Ike and anything going on in the Greek sports world, so I do want to touch on a little bit of basketball. I know it won't be Ike related, but hey, we're all going to lefty here. Uh, all right, so let's get started. <clears throat> um, great showing yesterday. I feel like I did what they needed to do. We got the victory against Boss, <clears throat> which is right now, I've said this before, and <clears throat> I've talked about it a kind of nauseum, that we just need results, especially since the result last week was terrible and the way we played was terrible. Uh, some people have difference in opinions as far as this game's concerned. Some people said we actually played better last week, despite the results. Some people said we played better this week. When you get a positive result or when you're able to, you know, before halftime we were able to score, it lifts the confidence of the whole, the club as a whole, both fans and players. So in my eyes, I felt like we did some things better. Uh, Almeida surprised a lot of people, surprised a lot of reporters in Greece, surprised me that he went to the four, he started a formation 4-2-1-3, um, which he said earlier in the week, I think on Thursday or Friday, that he wasn't afraid of, he wasn't the type of manager that stuck to one formation, which is a good thing, and I know guys, like, last week I overreacted of course, week to week, it's all different. I feel like as football fans, we all overreact, good good or bad. Um, I, I did feel last week like Almeida was a little lost. <clears throat> so I'm happy to see him kind of, I don't know, get his footings back into the league. I felt like he made better decisions this week. Um, so let's get into the, the action itself. It was surprising that they played four at the back, and I feel like we have to pick up at least, in my humble opinion, one more right back and one more left back because we have need in that position, especially if he's going to switch it up like he should at times because there's going to be times where you're from, for some whatever reason, you're going to need to play four at the back or if... His, the system he wants to use regularly, that 3-5-3, three, three, 
is not working for some reason, you're going to need the personnel to play for at the back. And right now we don't. We have one right back, which is Rota, one clear right back, which is Rota. I know Gatsinovich can play in that role. I know it if it need be one of the Iranians, either Mohammadi or Khadi uh, Safi, in a time of need, could play in that role. But we can't. We can't rely on that. We can't rely on playing four at the back and just relying on the Rota. So, <clears throat> but let's get more into the game. We started strong, which really surprised me, and was the start that I was really hoping to see Ike take that initiative it was nice after these first two games where the other teams started strong and Ike looked kind of I wouldn't say discombobulated discombobulated but like they looked confused they looked like they didn't know where they needed to be uh, so it was nice to see a strong start it was nice to see a few chances missed not big chances but just a few chances Missed in the beginning of the game. It was nice to see uh, Beneda really assert himself into the game from the beginning. Uh, the visitors did have a great opportunity um, in the seventh minute with Rosario, their uh, right, the right winger, which he played good most of the game, and he was m mainly their vocal point in attack. Uh, really should not have been an opportunity. Really, Khadzisafi should have forced him more to the outside to where he would have either crossed the ball or given the ball up. But Khadzisafi let him come inside and was kind of just trying to block him off, but then gave him a wide-open look at goal, which, honestly, if you play against a player with better quality, that really should have been 1-0, I mean, honestly. <clears throat> um, but other than that, I mean... The rest of the game, really, besides a few half chances here and there, and one more big chance that uh, Rosario had where um, Janssen just came what looked like across the field and just made, like, you could have not have made a per more perfect tackle than he did on that one play where it was basically, basically he saved it from a goal. I mean, it was it was kind of like saying... Now, not to say that if he would have shot it, who knows what would have happened, but it was almost like a line-clearing tackle, if you really want to think of it in, in that way, even though it wasn't, if you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, if you watch highlights or watch the game itself, it was just an awesome tackle. And he, for me, was the MVP of the game. Jonsson played amazing. Uh, but it was nice to start off good. It was nice to start off the first 15, 20 minutes with... Pressing Yanana, trying to win the ball back, trying to keep possession, trying to create chances, being a little more creative. Uh, the first 15, 20 minutes, they did that. And then it kind of, with, with Ike, the past few years, I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but one of the most frustrating things, of course, we saw it all last year, especially towards the end of the matches where the last 15, 20 minutes, something happens to this team, and pardon the phrase, but they look like a deer in headlights. They just would freeze, would stop playing. It looked like somebody had just hit the pause button on this club, and they've had moments, and that's something that really has to be addressed. I don't know. I'm assuming it's not conditioning. I don't know, but it seems like this team at times just becomes a little stagnant for about 15, 20 minutes. And that's what happened from about the 15th, 20-minute mark till right around when I finally got that breakthrough goal. 
they had given a little bit more possession to Pass. Pass was moving up a little bit, creating some half chances here and there. Um, like I said, they just kept giving up possession to Pass. And then all of a sudden, the last like 15, 10, 15 minutes of the first half, they were pressing more, and that, that, that press style that I always talk about, where they're, they're on the ball as soon as they lose the ball, they're defending, they're pressing, they're, they're pressing up high. Basically, that's what converted another goal for uh, Ike. Um, Pineda, in these few minutes, did kind of lose himself <clears throat> in, in the game because, seriously, he would get the ball and like there would be two or three defenders around him. I mean, that's the way you have to guard this guy, I guess. They don't want to give him that space because they know you give this guy a little bit of space. And this was my frustration with uh, Almeida taking him out in the game so early last week was you have this quality where this guy just needs a little bit of space. He's one of very few players on this roster that can... All he needs is that little bit of space, that, that one half chance that he can really convert into a goal. Because I really feel like that one chance that he got on that volley, uh, there's not very many players, I feel like, on our on our roster that can do that. And of course, that volley was... just The guy scored incredible goals. He scored two incredible goals in the Super League so far. Man, you know, Pineda doing Pineda things, like I've said before. <clears throat> He's going to be a really exciting player to watch. And again, I have to harp on this. And I'm going to be saying it all season long. All, all season long. So I'm sorry if anyone gets tired of this. But I wish we really had um, an option to buy with this guy. And I hope that if the price is not too outrageous at the end of the season... I hope we make a move for him. If he continues the way he is and kind of really finds his footing in, in Greek football and is confident enough to stay in the Greek league, maybe, you know, this guy seems like a guy that has aspirations, so he might not even want to stay past this year, honestly. But if he, if they can figure it out with this guy to be able to keep him, I don't care what the amount is. If he keeps doing these things that he's doing, he's a, in my opinion, for a club like Ike or even Greek football in general, He's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity here to keep this guy, and he could, he, we could see some amazing things from this guy. But let's be happy that we have him for right now, and that's another reason why I would never take this guy out. You, you basically, there's basically more of a chance that you're going to lose this guy at the end of the year, and you have him on loan. Why not take advantage of that? Why not, why not play him as much as you can? I mean, he looks like he has a lot of hunger, a lot of Odyssey to play. Why not play him as much as you can? But he, he scored an amazing goal. And if you give him space, I mean, hopefully next week to kind of get into a little bit of the, <clears throat> the mood of the Athenian Derby coming up next week. Uh, he's going to have more space, I believe, against Panathinaikos. And hopefully we'll see him do some more great things. But so basically that's how the first half rolled. We were able to get that goal on um on that... Uh, Pineda Valley, which really we didn't create much. Haven't seen much out of Araujo the past couple weeks. I don't know why. I know last week he kind of played a little further back than he should. I don't know if that's Almeida telling him to do that because they want that, you know, that constant press on the ball or why he has seemed a little out of sync the past couple of games after starting strong against La Mia. But, you know, Araujo's Araujo and these players 
they're going to get their chances eventually. And guys, you know, forwards in football, all of you guys that watch football around the world, it's all about form and it's all about um, confidence with these guys. So I don't think we should get on that Ojo too bad. So that's how the first half ended. Ike were up one zip. I was feeling good at halftime. You know, team was playing a lot better than they were, in my opinion, in the other games. Especially beginning of the game. I love the fact they began the game so strong. Because this, is, this was the first game where they started off as strongly as they did. Um, second half, kind of started off kind of lukewarm. It wasn't, uh, you know, it just was back and forth. Ike would keep possession, keep pressing for that second goal. Boss would try to counter. Boss started taking more of an initiative and saying, okay, we're down 1-0. And um, let me backtrack for a second. This is what's important against these clubs is that we get that early lead because this team, I feel like, is going to struggle so badly against clubs like Pasiano and I don't, like we saw against Don Volos last week, even though they shouldn't because in the preseason and at some moments of the game, I feel like players have nice movement without the ball, have nice... Um, overlapping at times and uh, trying to get some through balls. They were they were trying to do some creative things in the game, but, you know, I mean, it's guys, it's hard when the other team isn't willing to come forth and play football to score. I mean, we see that from leagues all around the world and especially in the Greek League. I hate to keep repeating myself, but that's just the reality of it. So, Boss kind of came out more. I have to say that I really loved the moment and the subs that um, Almeida made. Um, all the players that came in were hungry, were ready to go. They were ready to play. They were ready to show what. They were ready to show, you know, off their talents. They were just they were just ready to play. And I feel like it came at a very good time. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a look at Mukumudi um, because. Um, you know, I was just curious to see what this guy's all about. And I guess simply because we played four at the back, he just didn't have, um, there wasn't any room for him. I don't know if he just hasn't gotten enough time with the first team or what's going on. It would have been nice to, especially when it became 2-0. I think it was late in the game when it became 2-0 after the 85th minute, but it would have been nice to just see him for a few minutes in the game. And you have to hand it to the defense. I mean, Vida's Vida. This guy has shown his class, his professionalism, his, uh, his, you know, he's a veteran. So it's good to have, like I've talked about Vida before, it's very good to have players like that on your club, especially in that defensive role. I love a couple times in the game when those stagnant moments were coming, how he was trying to tell players how to move so he can get them the ball, which should not be happening. Your your center back should not be like your, your point guard or your, your the person that dictates the game. But at the same time, you know, he's a, <clears throat> he has that veteran quality about him. And just in, in general, just watching him move around the field, his placement on corner kicks, his placement on that transition defense, which I have to say about that, our defense looked well. I mean, listen, guys, we're three games in. Last year was Ike's worst defensive year in their history. 
I mean, in almost 100 years, it was our worst year defensively last year. We conceded so many goals. We conceded so many stupid goals. It seems like that's finally getting, coming to a halt. I mean, if that first goal, that first opportunity, I should say, that Rosario had, the winger for Boss, had gone in, that would have been shades of last year's defense or where he broke free and almost got that second goal until almost got that when he had that second opportunity sorry I keep <clears throat> misspeaking and Jonsson made that incredible play on the ball on the tackle so but we also have to take things with a grain of salt saying that opportunities are going to happen it doesn't matter how good your defense is it doesn't matter how locked down what players you have back there teams are going to create opportunities you know that's just it's just part of the game it's what type of opportunity are you giving? Are you giving these teams half chances or are you giving them good chances like that? Because what scares me is going up against competition like Panathinaikos next week, uh, there's not very many players that would have missed both of those opportunities the way that Boss did. So that's a little worrisome. But also, Panathinaikos, I can guarantee you for most of the game, if not all the game, is not going to play the same way Boss did. They're going to play a lot more open. That's going to give... Pineda, more room. That's going to give more room for all these players. And let me really quickly talk about these subs. Uh, I think Levy Garcia played well. There's rumors that um, he came on for Araujo. This was probably, I want to say around the 70th to 75th minute. I didn't mark it down completely to remember exactly when these subs were made. But he came on. He played well. He's been rumored with Ramza Sport. Uh, we rejected a 7 million euro offer, which you can tell by the way I talked about the player last year, um, not last year, about the player last week, that I have to say I was a little harsh on him calling him Abalos and the Xeribala de Dravaitopedi and all those words that I said, look, emotion is going to get the best of you sometimes. I don't think he's a de los Abalos, but also we have to criticize ourselves as, as Ike, as an organization, as a club and say, how are we developing these players? We've showed that we can't develop them as well as other clubs can. That has to get better. Uh, because some a smart team like Times of Sport is not just going to throw 7 million euros our way to take a player that has no upside. Um, so obviously, he has to have a better upside than he does. And... Ike rejected it. There were rumors. Um, I've listened to the radio a little bit today. I haven't listened to it in a few hours. There were rumors that um, they were going to come back with another counter offer for maybe more money. So I don't know. Maybe this might have been the last time we've seen Levy Garcia in a Nike uniform. I don't think believe that because I think to replace him now, especially when you still don't have that second forward or winger or whatever type of player you're looking for, we can't let him go at least until I say the January transfer window or until the end of the year. And who knows, hopefully if this team really starts gelling and I feel like that's what they need time to become a team. And the good thing is no matter what happens in the photos, I think for the club as a whole, for the confidence of the players, the fans, the management, the manager, for everyone, we need to at least get a result. A win would be perfect in Love photos, obviously, but 
we need to pick up a result in Lofotos because I feel like, or at least if it's a game where you could say both teams played well and we just lost a deadbeat because it's a deadbeat or an amazing goal goes in. If we play well and that happens, I think they're still going to be getting out because there's always getting out at Ike. Um, but for the sake of the manager and the players and the fans, I just feel like the, the energy needs to change and it would be a perfect spot for us to get a nice victory or at least a result in the photos so that pressure can kind of come off a little bit of the club as a whole. Because I think we are going to see good things from Almeida, despite what I said last week. And it's a work in progress, man. It's his first job in Europe to manage in Greek football, guys. I've, I've said it over and over again. It's very tough to play in Greek football. is very tough. But this team is seeming to come together. We just need to give them more time. I would, I, what I would really like to see is us just tread water, just stay up there, not get too far behind and... Hopefully, just keep building, getting better and better and better. And I think we're going to see these improvements, hopefully, from Almeida. I love the fact that he's not afraid to change tactics. <clears throat> um, that's going to come in handy, I feel like, in, in this, the Greek league. But we need more players in order for him to be. We definitely, bare, bare minimum, need a right back. I would I would argue that we need a right back and a left back, considering how I've seen Hadjisafi play. And not to take anything away from the player, managers love this guy for some reason. Uh, we've seen him play at a decent level, but I think he is just a player that needs to come off the bench for Ike, for Ike to really take the next step to to the next level, to become a, cha a real championship contender. We need to play someone else at left back. And I guess because Mohamadi's not as sound defensively, maybe he's not getting that opportunity. Um, but I don't know. But in my opinion, we, we definitely need a couple of backs and, a center forward and maybe a wing. Hopefully we can get that in the next few days. Um, I hope also that there are players like Eliasson, you know, this guy was just signed a few days ago and then he was able to play for a few minutes. And I love the fact that I saw this kid come out with a hunger. That's really big in my book. I don't like it when players come out kind of slow, kind of. Guys, when you've watched football this long, you could see players and how they move and, on the pitch and you could tell like, okay, this guy wants to be here, wants to further his career. Or if this guy just comes in and is like, I'm freaking playing in Greece, man. I don't wanna play or I don't wanna be here. We've seen this happen with, for example, some Olympiacos players that should have been moved on, you know, not to get into whole discussion about Olympiacos, but should have been moved on a couple of years ago and they were still there and you could tell they just especially in that Maccabi game they just they just didn't give a crap honestly and unfortunately being the fact that it is the Greek league that's going to happen at time to time but this kid I feel like he's he's going to be good he has very good speed decent ball control of course we it's not a big showing that we had of him. He only got in the last few minutes of the game. Um, I did love his crosses. He seems to know exactly where to put the ball, which you really need from a winger. I like his speed. Also for that 3-5-3 system that Almeida wants to play, this is the type of player you need. You need someone young, with young lungs, with 
great acceleration. Not to say that Amrabat doesn't have some of those things, but you need someone that can track back that's not going to leave their center back wide open uh, on the counter. Someone that's going to be able to kind of play book because they're they're kind of playing like a a back half position where you kind of have to play offense and defense um, when you're playing in that system. And I feel like he's the perfect player for this. I like the fact that he can both play the right or the left. We, we put him in on the right, but he can also play the left <clears throat> as a winger, as a midfielder, or even I think he's also played some back in his career. Uh, but he showed some nice things. Big ups to Amrabat that, you know, lost his starting position. He didn't start this week, but he came in, uh, obviously got us that second goal. The subs, actually, it was Mohammadi and, and, and Amrabat that were able to get that second goal and kind of put this game away late and let us all breathe a sigh of relief. Because as long as the game was at hand and as long as it was close, we, you know, we were all scared that something would, you know, it only takes that one moment of just either brilliance or collapse from your defense to make a mistake happen. And then we're all singing a different tune today. Uh, team still needs players, like I said. But overall, man, I'm excited about the Panathinaikos game. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be in town this weekend. <clears throat> I'm going to try my best to watch the game on my phone, if time permits. Can't make any promises. I'll at least be able to... I'll be working, but I'll, ha I'll at least be able to have my earbud in. But I'm hoping that that moment... <clears throat> those couple of hours for the game, I'll be able to kind of take off and be able to watch it. Um, it's just bad timing. Um, but I'm excited to see what we're going to do against an open... A team that's going to allow us to, to play football. Unlike the well, past three teams that we've played at. Played in the first three matches in the Super League. Because Panathinaikos is going to... They're going to come at us. They're going to play open. They're not going to play as closed as all three of these teams played. And Boston didn't really play that, that closed because the last 30 minutes of the game, they said, okay, we got to go for it. You can't just sit back and we want to try to get a result. We have one point in the league. We need to go try to get a result. And after those subs came in for Ike, especially when Boston were trying to push more and more, um, it, left, it left open holes in that defense to where we took advantage of, where we could have had more goals, which I really, you know, to talk about this a little bit, <clears throat> I really would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen, you know, obviously we always want Ike to win big. Everyone wants their club to win big. But I would have really liked one more goal or two to have taken this game 4-0 because just to show to the rest of the league or just to show up on Athenagos, like, we're here, we're coming to play next week. Uh, I'm glad we kind of had a decent showing and we were never in any really danger. We didn't really feel like we were going to lose this game. Because I really did not want us like hobbling, let's say, into that deadbeat next week. Because you don't want to give your opponent as much, much more confidence than what they already have. Because um, they're going to be rolling in high. They've gotten, you know, they're the only team in the league right now that has nine points from three matches. So, um, no team in the league has really, to touch on that, I'm not going to go through every result because I really didn't get to watch that much football this weekend. 
every team's still trying to find its groove. And what I was saying earlier was we need to just tread water, make sure that gap doesn't open, make sure we just keep getting better and better with games. And guys, even if I say this, you know, we don't want this to happen, but even if we lose a little photos next week, for me, it's not the end of the world because I, I've seen the way these, all these teams have played and everybody needs improvement and everybody's kind of in the same boat where they're still trying to find themselves except for Panathinaikos and they still have had moments where they haven't played they haven't played great they've just gotten results to go their way um so it should be an exciting match should be an exciting derby and finally to get this monkey off our backs where we haven't won I think since 1997 with Panathinaikos being a um, a home team in the regular season of the championship. That means without years that we had these playoffs, because in the playoffs, yes, we've won in La Forest or Noaka as Panathinaikos being the home team, but we haven't won in a regular either, you know, two round football system, whatever you want to call it, championship. <clears throat> so... Hopefully we can finally get that monkey off our backs. I think we'll have a good opportunity. I think this is shaping up to be a really, really good match. And I'll talk more about it. I'll at least try to put out a preview podcast <clears throat> before I go on my business trip. So, overall, I saw some good things. The team does need improvement. Um, Let's see what happens. There are some rumors about players coming in I don't want to touch on them too much because rumors are rumors like until we see something solid you know no one knows what's going on uh, <laughs> hold on let me talk about this real quick oh my gosh so I was getting ready to go to work on Friday and uh, got the notification on my phone right before I was getting ready to leave that uh Marcelo was getting ready to sign with Olympiagos. <laughs> I got in the car and I listened to the radio. I um, was having to drive a, a distance for work. So I was like, yes, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to listen to the radio. And let me tell you, the gringa, all football fans are getting out of this. I don't care who it is. You know, when things are going good, they're going good. When things are going bad, they're going bad. When things are medium, they're still getting you. They're still bad. There's never like a happy medium with football fans of all teams, but especially Ike fans. I mean, people were so pissed off. People were calling up saying, you know, oh, you know, they've getting Marcelo and they're getting all these players. Let me give my thoughts on this for a second. They're getting all these players and, you know, these is what people were saying. Ticano de Cosmas, que Ticano me, da 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 da. You know, I, I should have taken notes on this stuff because some, some of the things people were saying were pretty funny. But let me just give my thoughts on Marcelo coming on Ibiagos. Um I mean, first and foremost, not the S talk, but hold on a minute. Let me try to think of a Marcelo moment the past few years at Real Madrid. Okay, that was my moment. He um, really hasn't played much. <laughs> That's why I did that. Um, but listen, I mean, for the league as a whole, it's an amazing thing that Marcelo's here, Vida's here, uh, even Steven Zubat. I've heard people in other podcasts about other leagues talk about how much they like Steven Zubat. 
uh, people that watched them play in the Euro last year. You know, the fact that we're getting some more of these players is a good thing. Now, was it a good football move, if you ask me, for Libecos? I don't really think so, man, honestly. Uh, people are comparing it to, to Rivaldo. And as far as a player coming in, yes, it's as big as Rivaldo, as far as the player's concerned. But for me personally, he's not on that level. Rivaldo was still playing good football at that time in his career. Now, he could come in, and even if he plays at 30%, is he going to help out Olympiacos? Absolutely. Uh, it's good that we're just getting players, because then, you know, it opens up the market. It opens up to us telling players, like, oh, yeah, you know, Marcelo plays for our rival team, or or whatever, that does help, guys, because some players do look at that. Some players do say, okay, I want to go play, you know, you look at it and say, I want to go play in Greece with Marcelo, with Marcelo, the same league that Marcelo's in. Or players might say, you know, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I think it just gives a little more of <clears throat> visibility to the league, uh, it's a great league move, and it's a great move as far as getting this legendary player and one of the most decorated players, if you think about Real Madrid's history, to play to play in the league. But even before this was finalized, I started Googling Marcelo to see what rumors were coming up. He was just rumored a few days ago with a move to Leicester City. And you're telling me as a player, you're picking the Greek Super League over Leicester City. Okay, now Leicester City's not having that great of a year, but you can either play in the most watched, what in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion is the best league in the world, or you could come to the Greek Super League. So that tells you something there, that there's something not... Um, I talked to a couple of Olibacos from friends of mine. One guy was totally on board. He couldn't believe it. He, This guy's also a big Real fan, so he was, like, all jacked about it. I talked to one of my other Olibacos friends, and he's like, this is the biggest. This is, um, and I've heard a lot of you, I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter like this, where it's, like, the biggest Greek football move of all time. And Marinakis is just trying to get fans off his back by bringing, you know, but bringing some buzz to the club. But anyways, that's their business. However it works out, part of me feels like it's good for the league. But honestly, as a football move, not so good for you back us. But let's move on here. Let me um, spend a few more minutes talking about the Galanolivki in basketball at the Eurobasket. Um, I followed... Greek basketball for a long time. As far as the national team's concerned, the league I don't follow as often. I mean, I'm a, obviously, I'm a I'm a Ike fan. I'm a fan of the Vasilisa. So I'm going to watch. But for those of you that don't know, and I'll go over it fairly quickly, basketball in Europe's kind of split up because the EuroLeague and FIBA are no longer like a, an affiliated organization. They got into... Huge fight. I don't remember what it was about because I really didn't pay attention to it back then. Um, but they're no like this would be if UEFA and FIFA were not connected with each other. And what they basically did was the same thing as in football. They 
the Euro League decided to just make a closed off league. So what happens is the competition in every individual country's league, which is the issue that we had last year as football fans with the, if the Super League was going to happen. And I nearly had a heart attack when I saw that come on my phone and started reading about it where I thought these people have just destroyed football in my mind. A lot of Americans didn't see it that way, but that's because they didn't, no offense to these people, but they didn't grow up with European blood and understanding exactly how the European game works. Um, but that's basically what happened in basketball is Euroliga became like a closed off league where very few new teams are allowed in. Um, and FIBA had to create, obviously, its own separate European competition, which Ike won back in 2018. Um, so it's kind of watered down the leagues, and it's kind of just... It's hard to compete, man. It's hard to compete. If you could imagine, let's say, if the Super League in football took place and Olympiacos made it to the Super League, which was rumored they were going to be the only Greek team invited into this closed league, and then they played in the Greek Football League, forget about it. They'd win the championship for the next 50 years. You wouldn't be able to, because these teams would make so much money that no one would be able to out-budget them. And basically, that's what that's what's happened in basketball, that Panathinaikos and Olympiacos being the fact that they're EuroLeague teams, um, no one can touch them as far as budget. So in basketball, I would say is a lot more harder to compete if you don't have a, a big budget. Um you can compete at a game-to-game level because we've seen Ike have won a few cups over the last few years, which is great. But when your championship is decided on a series, you know, best of three, best of five, what have you, you're not, you're against Panathinaikos and Olympiacos, you're going to get lucky enough to win maybe one game. Maybe at the most in a best of five, if you can make it to the Greek League finals to win two games. And... Uh, the way the EuroLeague is set up is exactly what I was afraid of if the whole Super League thing happened in football. Thank God that didn't happen in football because another example is, I'm not going to get into all this, but Olympiacos a few years ago, not um, not as far as like playing-wise, they didn't fall to the second division. They fell to the second division of Greek basketball and they were still playing in the EuroLeague. So imagine like Liverpool dropping to the championship and playing their domestic league football in the championship, and then at the same time participating in the European competition. Like, it doesn't make sense at all. Anyway, but that's my that's my little story behind that, just to tell you guys how the, the leagues in Europe work in basketball, in case you've never followed it. Um, but I followed the national team, uh, I would say, at every tournament since probably about, like, 95 and we've always, always had a good team. And big ups to us, man, because for a country its size to be as dominant or to have the trophy case at all different levels, both at club level, uh, the big national team level, down to the you know under-20s and the youth teams, we have a pretty big uh, trophy case in Greece. And for a country of just short of 11 million people, I mean, it's, it's, it's great in basketball has grown in Greece, and it's it's a big sport. <clears throat> it's the second biggest sport next to football. So, 
the teams have always been great as far as a unit. We've always had great teams as far as the unit is concerned. Decent players. Uh, one thing that was lacking that I feel like we've gained in a lot of numbers with this team, in my opinion, to get into this, I think this is right now the best team we've ever had in Greek basketball. And that's because not only are they good as a unit, but they're also good as far as um, individuals. They can um, they got good guard play, which is very important in today's game with Slukas and Kalathis. And they're both like have been around the block. They're veterans. Uh, one thing that I saw us in previous tournaments struggle with especially when teams, you'll see this in the knockout round, when they start to clam, clamp down defensively, we've struggled as far as going, I remember in specific tournaments, against going against teams where we, we had periods of like, you know, anywhere from two to three minutes, like five to six minutes where we couldn't buy a bucket and teams would go on a run and then the game would just get out of reach. And not to say that we never had good scores. Obviously, we've had great players. And I don't want... I want people to understand where I'm coming from because I don't want to get all these messages about, you know, you're, what, you don't know what you're talking about. Spanulis and Diamandis and all these great players and uh, uh, Zizis, you know. Yes, those were great players, but we never had that one superstar that could really take over a game. Now we do. Not only do we have one, we got... All the Tatacumbros, uh, where Yanni is out of this world good, probably as a we it's it sits right now the best player in the world and in the NBA world. Um, we have Tyler Dorsey, which I saw was shooting the ball lights out. We have players that if even teams try to really clamp down defensively, we're gonna find a way to score the basketball. I personally, and this is my own prediction, I think we'll at least medal in this tournament. And not just medal, I, I really think we're I, I think we're the favorites to win the entire tournament. I don't want to speak too highly of them. And just like, guys, for those of you that don't know, these tournaments work just like um, the World Cup or the Euro in, in football. You get to that second round or you get to the knockout round, and it just depends on who you play. So I don't want you guys to kill me if we, at the round of the next round, just get knocked out. Um, because there are some other tougher teams. There are some teams that could give us competitions. One thing that I don't like is that we seem to get ahead of teams and then just let them back in the game, which on one hand I don't like. On the other hand, these guys don't play together as much as the football national teams do so they don't get a lot of opportunities together i like the fact that they were playing in these close games because they had a close game against uh, croatia in the opening game and then they were playing the home team italy and both of those games ended up being close be simply because we let them back in the game we were leading solidly throughout the game but we kept letting them back into the game um i do think it's good from the perspective of this team needs to know how to play together when they're under that pressure situation for what's going to come in the knockout rounds later. 
but they've looked impressive so far. They're three for three. They beat a good Croatia team. Croatia had a lot of um, uh, <clears throat> a lot of parapuna from um, as far as the refereeing, and I have to say, like, and I'm just being honest here, guys. I'm not going to be biased about it. I do feel like in this tournament in general, the referees are kind of pushing us just a little bit, but I mean, hey, take it wherever you can get it. Um, but we looked good both against Croatia and Italy. Like I said, in both games, we kind of let them back in the game towards the end, but ended up finishing strong and got those were the two best teams in our group, I think. And then today, <laughs> Yanni didn't even play today. Dorsey hardly played from what I saw. I don't even think Nick Kalathis played. Uh, so they were able to rest some players against Great Britain. And it was close with Great Britain until we started to pull away towards the end of the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, we just blew it wide open. I think we won by around 20 or more than 20. I didn't honestly see the final score because I started uh, recording the podcast. But I really think this team has a great opportunity to uh, make some noise in this tournament and hopefully bring us our third European championship as a, as a Greek national team. And I'll cover more about this. I'm going to try to watch more games as this tournament goes on. Last week, the opening week, I didn't really get to see that much. But we'll see what happens. So, guys, I'll be back. Sorry, I know this podcast went kind of long. I'll be back uh, later on in the week to preview the weekend that's going to be in Greek football and preview the big derby between Panathinaikos and Nike. And great to see the team get a victory yesterday. Great to finally have fans calm down a little bit, even though they weren't really that calm because there was still a lot to be said about uh, this past game. So if I didn't say so, guys, subscribe to the podcast. And please, please give a rating. That way we can get the show out there. I appreciate all the support again from everyone that writes messages to me on Twitter and Facebook and on all the platforms. And I'm on Facebook. A page is called Crazy Ike Fan. And follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Crazy Ike Fan. Have a good week, guys. And I'll talk to you guys again towards the weekend. Kyopos manda, forza Aikara.